Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here, and thanks a lot for tuning into the How We Solve podcast. Today, I have with me Daniel Viduya, who is the general manager at Task Drive, lead research guru, and a very great colleague of mine that we've been working together for a while now. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for welcoming me, GQ. Hi, everyone. All right. So today it's interesting because we're going to be talking a little bit about B2B lead research, right? So just to give a little bit of background for listeners to understand, if you could walk us through what Task Drive is all about and you know how you do what you do. Absolutely. Before I walk you through about what Task Drive is about, I would like to relate to most of the listeners here, which is that in business development, when there is a business development team, growth team, sales development team, whatever you want to call it, A problem persists where sales reps or sales development representatives lack the information that they need to actually build a conversation with their customers. So more often than not, they spend time analyzing, listening to a podcast, looking for posts, trying to relate themselves to the prospects that they're connecting to. Basically, they have to do research. They have to do an analysis on how they can connect with their prospects so that they can build a conversation and satisfy the values of why me why now? Why should I care? The very foundation that helps you make a meaningful conversation. That's where Task Drive comes into play. Task Drive has identified the problem that many sales development reps or sales reps, as we can simply call it, actually lose time doing lead research. 25 to 50% of their time, statistically speaking, actually you know, dedicate themselves to doing lead research. And they could have dedicated 100% of their time to what they do best, which is selling, which is nurturing a prospect. Task Drive is a market research company. We operate under a people-as-a-service model where we do the legwork of having to do contact lead research. And it's not just generic lead research where we generate the usual data points, but rather we also generate personalized or account-based data points that empower the SDRs, hence the word empowering or supercharging your SDRs to gaining insights that allow them to build those conversations. I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, right now, just right now, where businesses are picking up speed again, you know, at the start of 2021, a lot of B2B businesses are looking for new ways to generate new sales and coming out of, you know, this pandemic period and just kind of figuring things out. How do you think that has changed based on, you know, what you're seeing with Task Drive? That's a good question. Back in 2020 or in 2019, if we are to consider, the pandemic has really made a big difference when it comes to buying decisions and the way that people perceive their budget to be spent um, in 2020 and moreover in 2021. Now that the vaccine is slowly being rolled out in many countries and in the country where I am in, which is Mexico, we are starting to roll out the vaccine and soon enough I will be getting the vaccine myself. Business is essentially starting to pick up. So to answer your question, the business is starting to pick up, but the buying decisions and the budget decisions that are being made by our decision makers have become tighter and stricter which means that the buying decisions and buying process was not the same as before, that a lot of convincing and a lot of effort needs to be made to actually be able to get through to them and and have them give you the chance to present your product. Basically speaking, long and short of things, the purse strings have become tight. Wallets have become tighter than now. It's not easy to open their banks and, you know, have them actually give you the chance to purchase your product. As such, 
when I would when I said earlier that a lot of effort it takes a lot of effort to connect with your prospects or you know give have them give their time so that he could offer your product instead of doing a lot of effort we actually have to be doing smart efforts smart efforts that allow us to relate to them smart efforts that actually put us in a better position to be able to deliver and speak to them and say why is it that we should consider you even from the very beginning so that's what I have observed. So with Task Drive, how I was able to observe this was that there were, radical, there were radical changes made to the ideal customer profile. From generic research and from generic data points being generated in the past, the game has changed now. We are now generating more personalized information. We are now generating targeted data points. And we are now actually generating contacts that are based not just on their title, but rather on their behavior. We're looking at signals, any signals at all, that relate to the prospect that could tell us that this is a good target. From recent growth to website traffic, to recent job hirings, to recent achievements, to recent pains that they may have revealed indirectly through their achievements, it's something that we look at. We have to look at the behavior to be able to generate the right contacts, and that, that's what Task Drive is doing at the moment. So I'm not sure if that all made sense, but I just wanted to check GQ if that you know, uh, was delivered clearly to you. All right. No, but I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think like, you know, in this day and age of so much information, we're seeing a lot of uh, outreach being done, you know, obviously personalized or automated. And I think that having very important data insights that help you or data points that help you differentiate yourself from other people who might be, you know, reaching out to the same prospect, that is super crucial because it's a hyper personalized message, right? You're, You're talking to people based on what they're doing, what their hobbies are where they are. And so that way people know that you've spent time to learn more about them to start a conversation. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. It's all about really getting to know them, but it's not just getting to know them so that you could say something. It's getting to know them so that you as an individual, as a salesperson, also understand the essence of why you're even selling your product. The game has changed here, people. It's not just about selling your product and making a sale. The point is, is that you're getting to know the person better, not just so that you could position your product to them, but you also understand the essence of why, if there's even a reason for you to sell the product. By getting to know them better, perhaps at some point in your career or at some point in your outreach, you realize that he or she's not a good fit. That then becomes a feedback to Task Drive or to your lead researcher or to your resource that something has to be changed with research. But if not, then you are developing your self-confidence and your realization that your product is indeed something that they need and you are compelled to share with them that you can help them. It's now a buyer-first journey. It's a buyer-first thinking. It's a buyer-first mantra and a way of life, basically. I love that. And to give, you know, just to give a bit of background to, you know, you, you talked a bit about Task Drive and we're going to dive into the problem very shortly as, as per how we do it and how we solve. How did you get started? Well, what's your story? How did, how did you get started and how did you, you know, end up as a GM at Task Drive? That's a good question. I was actually, I started as a, as a, regular, uh, as a regular entry level employee. I used to do billing and sales. It was very crazy. I used to do billing and sales for a telco company under a vendor back in the Philippines. And the crazy thing was when a customer would call us to lower their bill, I had to make a sale. <laughs> So how crazy is it that someone wants to cancel their line or lower their expenses, yet I had to make a TV sale or a cell phone sale? It was crazy. Was it difficult? Yes, it was. Was it something that I hated or loved? It's both. And I will tell you the reason why. It's crazy. I hate it and I love it. And I will tell you why. Because as an individual, when you're trying to resolve the billing issue of a customer, 
and you're making a sale to them, I would love it when I've realized that they're actually missing out on something or they're spending too much on their TV service when they could actually get something better at a lower price. That's when I start loving it. But when I have to sell it and I know that they're not even using a TV service to begin with, or they're not even spending on the cell phone service to begin with that is expensive, then that's where I hate doing it because I know they don't need it. But I was still compelled to sell it because it was a part of my job. But what made me love it at the same time is that even if I hated doing that, sometimes I get to build value. So even if they're not using the product, but later on they realize that they could get something out of the product, if they could actually benefit them, I still do it anyways. Emotionally speaking, it may not have been satisfying to save them the money, but then sometimes it's not about saving money. Sometimes it's about getting value as well. So one way or the other, I did it. So I ended up loving what I actually did. But it's a hate-love relation, but at the end of the day, I loved it. Eventually, I became the sales manager for um, the company or for the vendor, and I covered seven sites, four domestically in the Philippines and three internationally. And then from there, my mission was complete. This telco acquired a big TV company, and we were no longer needed. Our sales managers were no longer needed, and it was time for me to say goodbye. Shortly, I joined a company that was doing lead generation and B2B, and that's how I started getting to know lead research and outreach, you know, sales development. And then from there, I eventually found myself being with Task Drive and I joined the customer success team. Customer success team being that we deliver the best customer experience to our clients, have them, you know, have them make, make them feel at home in Task Drive and make them feel that Task Drive is not simply an outsource provider, but rather an extension of their team. That Task Drive is their team. It's a key player in their sales development process and that they're not, we're not just a random person, you know, outside the continent or outside their company. I love that. I love that. And so that leads us to the main highlight of today's podcast, right? So, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit before the call about the problem or the challenge that you overcame and that you solved. So if you could share with us today, what is the problem that we're sol- ta- sharing? Let me rephrase that. What's the problem that we're solving today? Absolutely. Gleaning back on what I've mentioned earlier, the pandemic has changed the way that people are buying products. The buying decisions have changed for this year. It now becomes a buyer-first thinking, a buyer-first journey, and a buyer-first way of life. We cannot put ourselves first, but rather we have to put our buyers first. And how do we do that better? Rather, you know, we actually have to go ahead and research about them, find out about what they like, find out about what are their goals, what are their business goals, what are their expansion goals, what is basically their end goal as a buyer? What do they want to achieve? And you as a seller have to find a way to be able to, to help them achieve their goal. The problem here is that when you have to do that, you have to find out more about them. You have to find out about their interests. You have to find out about their behaviors and you have to find out who they are and what their goal is. To do that, you have to do lead research. Normally, a sales rep would do that, normally speaking. But then again, if we want to grow effectively and efficiently, the sales rep, in my own eyes, in my own point of view, has to focus on what they do best, which is selling. That's what they have to focus on. That's what they have to nurture on. So if they spend 25 to 50% of their time doing lead research and 50% of that time is spent doing the selling process, then we lose momentum there. The sales reps lose momentum. And at the same time, some sales reps do not have the skills of a lead researcher where they're actually able to obtain information effectively or efficiently. So sometimes they've hit a wall and they don't know what to enrich anymore. They don't know what to research, or if they do, they don't know, you know where to go. 
or sometimes it's it's really a multitude of things. A multitude of problems can arise from here. That's the problem. That's the problem most of the time. I really like that because you know we have seen businesses where highly paid sales professionals are doing lead research, right? They're spending time on lead research, and not and not even just that. Like you know, like like you said, they should be focusing their time on closing deals, bringing in new revenue, you know, maybe even upselling current accounts. But spending your time on lead research, spending your time even just doing outreach, that isn't really the best best use of your sales team, right? Like, you know, that's not, the, that's not the best way to use your time. So, you know, understanding that that is the problem that we're solving, right? That's time consuming. You know, we want to help these growth teams figure out a better way of using your time to focus on generating new revenue, right? So what are the steps to solving this challenge? One of the steps is definitely you have to outline your sales development process. You have to map out and find out who is your ideal customer profile or who is your ideal target. Followed by that, you also have to identify the inputs on what, you know, on what influences them to build a conversation. You have to identify what triggers them in replying and in, in replying. What triggers them into considering you? What triggers them into thinking to themselves if they really need your product or not? You have to consider those data points too or those behaviors so that again, you can have an effective conversation. And at the same time, if you are to solve this problem, you also have to identify what type of lead research should you go with. That's a very important, and this is one of the problems that Task Drive also solves, but I don't want to expound on that further, but I just want to expound on this first problem first. But basically, the gist of it is that, do you know what type of lead research should you utilize to make your outreach effective? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. If you don't, that's where Task Drive steps in and helps. But if you do, then that's one of the ways for you to be able to solve the problem of having to, you know, of spending too much time in doing lead research. Because sometimes one can blindly try to search for information and scour the internet to get the information they need, but they actually don't follow the proper methodologies. By following the proper research playbook or methodology, you focus your time in doing what you really need to find, and you avoid doing what you don't need to, not necessarily need to do. Very, very cool. And so you mentioned that Task Drive is able to do this, right? How does that work? I figured it might make some sense to share kind of like a bit of the process there so other companies can also replicate and try this out. So if, you, if you're down to share a little bit of how that process works, yeah, how do you do that? Well, what's your, do you have any playbooks that you work with? How does that work? Yes, we do. We do have some playbooks and I'm happy to share more about them and the common playbooks that we are using. But before we even go to playbooks, let's just draft the process of what I mentioned earlier. First comes the ideal customer profile. The ideal customer profile is the Bible or North Star for every lead researcher or for your case, your internal resource. You need to identify your ideal customer profile and lay that out in a document. In that way, later on, when you need to study your ideal customer profile, you have the document as a reference to look at each parameter or data point strategically to find out what you need to change, starting with the industries that you need to enrich with the titles that you want to get, with the important qualifications that say that it's a good or bad lead, with the revenue, employee size, what is the geographical location, and other data points that you, know, you could consider for your research. But those are the basic parameters. These parameters allow you to define your group, to define the problem, and to define who you need to go after and what you need to go after. After drafting your ideal customer profile, then you go to your proper research methodology. 
the common lead research methodologies or research playbooks that we have here in Task Drive, which other people are using. They may not be conscious about the names or the methodology, but this is what it is. So we have lead generation. This is where you generate a contact list of companies and contacts, job titles, and everything is done from scratch. You absolutely have no list and you're creating a list from scratch. That's what lead generation is. Your ideal customer profile enables you to generate your leads with lead generation. That's one playbook. So if you don't have a contact list and you have to build one from scratch, you do lead generation. But what if you have a contact list or perhaps even a list of names that you were able to get from somewhere, but they're missing information such as email or important data points going back again earlier, if you want to get personalized data points that supercharge your sales reps to getting that information they need to build a conversation. And perhaps that's the information that's missing. Then what we do here is what you call lead enrichment. Enrichment being that you enrich and append the missing information to that list that you already have so that you have the proper information to do your outbound or sales process. Another playbook is, again, we have the lead generation, lead enrichment. We have a special playbook that call, uh, that's called Personal or Account-Based Insights. This is actually supporting lead generation and lead enrichment or any type of lead research, but we made a special playbook for this because we want to put an emphasis on how you can get personalized information that is publicly available for you to leverage a conversation with your prospect. People-based insight or person-based insight, meaning that it's about the person. Account-based insight, meaning that it's about the account. Ideally, in my experience, I would start with people-based insights. Any articles that they've posted, any posts that they made, any opinions that they have made or achievements that they have made is something that you could mention in your outreach if it's involved and in how you could leverage your product. If you don't have that information, then you go for the account. But what type of information in the account do I go with? It depends. Say, for example, you're targeting the chief revenue officer or the growth, um, you know, the growth person of that certain company. If you go for account-based insights, you might look at some growing signals or signals that they have achieved something in revenue growth, company growth, headcount growth, that you could relate to them. Saying, hey, I recently noticed that you've reported 20% growth in your annual revenue from 2020 Q4 to 2021 Q1. This is something that you were, and as the, as the chief revenue officer for this company, I think that your contributions have you know, resulted to this. And so I'm reaching out to you because dot, 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 insert your pitch. So you could look for account-based insights that is related to your target. This could be growth, achievements for awards, any news that really relates to the title of the prospect or the purpose of your outreach is the type of account-based insight that you could go after. Very, very, very cool. Once you have that information, right? So let's say being, if, an, if a company does it by themselves, if they would use, you know, they use TaskDrive to generate that information, this is a two-part question. And that is, do you think there's a need for data validation? And if so, why is that important? Absolutely. This is one of the functions that TaskDrive considers to be crucial. That's the data validation. We want to ensure that number one, the quality is good. Is the contact relevant to the ideal customer profile? Is it the right contact to begin with? And is the information provided actually valid, especially the business email address? Is it a valid format? Because if it's not, then we're setting up ourselves for a good, you know, a high bounce rate that might as well cause a problem when it comes to spam and domain health. So data validation is very important. And Task Drive supports data validation. So when a customer or a client provides us with a list 
maybe lead enrichment or just say, hey, we need for you to clean up this list and scrub this. We definitely do data validation. Even if it's time consuming, we do it. Some clients have expressed the pain that, hey, is there a way for us to speed up this process and, you know, validate the list faster? My say to them is that, yes, it is time consuming. I understand that. It requires careful checking. But the reason why we do this is very important. We want to make sure that you could build as many conversations as you can with validated data, that we make sure that you could deliver your message to your prospect's inbox so that they could actually get the chance to see your pitch. But at the same time, we do this for the better good that we want to protect your domain health. A ruined domain reputation or a, ruined, uh, a very low domain health is very alarming, and it can have consequences in the end that are very hard to fix. And that's why data validation is important to us. Very cool. I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into, into Task Drive, right? So when people work with you, is there an expected volume of leads that they, when they you know using your service? That's a good question. More often than not, I get the question of, is your pricing model based on the number of leads? Is your pricing model based per lead? And my answer there is that it's actually based on the time we work. I cannot promise a volume, and I never will. Because the problem is, if we promise a certain volume without knowing the market first, then we're setting up ourselves for failure. And we recommend doing testing before even signing up so that you could probably know the volume later on. But there is no way for you to know the volume without testing it out first, without doing a forecast. And that's where Task Drive is different. Before we even recommend that you sign up, we try to look at the market first and the forecast. If we are confident that the market has enough for us to bear or the market has enough contacts for us to generate, then the testing may be something that we can skip and we could go directly to sign up. But in terms of answering your question, there is no specific amount of uh, volume that we abide by. So let me give you some statistical numbers that give you more insight to um, the possible volumes that you could expect. Statistically speaking, most of our customers do get 200 to 250 contacts in one week. That's the statistical average. There are rare cases where we could only do between 150 to 200 and a very, very super rare case of even sometimes 100 to 150 only because the research requirements are strict. It's sometimes the ideal customer profile cannot be expanded or that the data points that you're asking for or you need are actually either numerous in amount that requires time to enrich those data points or the data points are difficult to find. But we do find them still. And there are rare cases where we could even go beyond 300 to 500 in one week. Because the research is well expanded, the research requirements or ideal customer profile is well expanded. It is easy to find the contacts and maybe you need less data points than usual. So the pricing model works in that way where we could even go at a certain volume of a low to a higher volume and there's no charge for that. It really depends with your ideal customer profile. And we focus on that type of pricing and value because we want you to understand that an ideal customer profile can change and vary per customer, per situation and type of lead research. Very, very cool. Thank you, Daniel. And I have to say that, you know, um, I really love how you explain and go into detail with your answers because I think that's always very helpful for business owners and other people in sales to understand kind of what's going on. On the topic of lead research, are there any resources that you would recommend people to check out for them to learn more about it? You've gone to lengths about the playbooks that you've shared uh, that, that are being used at Task Drive, you know, any digital resources or books or Offline media, even, you know, that people can learn from. Yes, there are definitely some lead research best practices that can be found in LinkedIn. Sometimes a Sales Navigator or LinkedIn Sales Navigator holds some conferences or some tutorials and how you could do lead generation quickly and, you know, um, on your own as well. I will also be actually, pers uh, I will be personally posting 
some tips for lead research on my LinkedIn page. So uh, feel free to follow me or send me an invite, guys. I don't intend to sell Task Drive there. I simply intend to show you what lead research is and what the importance of lead research is. My goal here personally is for you to feel that you could actually do this yourself as well, that if you need our help, then we're here to help. But if you could do this on your own, then that's good for you. I'm putting out my skills for you guys to learn so that you could, you know, you could build your sales team effectively and that you could market your product efficiently. So I'm happy to share my knowledge and what I have so that we could exchange best practices. But I'll also be posting my videos on LinkedIn so that you guys could check that out as well. Very cool. So you know where to find Daniel. He's on LinkedIn. So just look for Daniel Tastrop. I'm pretty sure you'll find him there. Yeah, <laughs> would, right. would that be That's a good right. way to... <laughs> yeah. So look for Daniel, Daniel Vaduya, uh, or just type Daniel Task Drive, and you would see that person who is in Mexico. That's me. <laughs> Happy to be in Mexico. Yeah, proud to be. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And on the topic, I love the fact that you're you're wanting to do this as a something that's personal to you, right? Because I, you know, like I think it's such a great way to give back to the community. You know, with whatever knowledge that you have. Is there a personal mission statement that you live by? Personal mission statement that I live by is this that my mission is to make people understand the importance of lead research. We always see recognitions for BDRs and sales reps and sales development reps, you know, with raising their glasses and saying thank you to them in LinkedIn. But sometimes we forget that the very reason and the very heart of why there's even outbound and sales development is because of research. Maybe outbound, inbound, there's, it's still research. People still have to validate the data. If the sales development reps are doing the research, then good. I raise my glass to you and, you know, thank you for your hard work and effort and, you know, making sure that lead research is done. But if it's someone else who does the lead research, if it's someone else in the background, my mission is to make people understand that they are one of the key players and the very reason why Outbound exists. Lead research is the heart of everything. It's the one that pumps blood to the heart of your outreach. Without that blood, the heart has nothing to pump. I want people to realize that even without task drive, you know, that simply research is really important. Lead research is important so that you can enable your business. Lead research is important so that you can enable your business development team. And so I'm very excited for 2021 that as the vaccines are being rolled out, that perhaps in-person conferences might happen, that virtual summits will still continue. And my goal is to join those conferences, virtual summits, and be able to deliver the message that you've just heard today that lead research is a key component to your success. And Task Drive is able to do that for you, or you could do this yourself as well. We're here to help you if you need help. If you don't need help, we are here to give you tips and advices on how you can succeed at what you do. Very cool. Well, Daniel, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for getting on this podcast with us. I'd definitely love to have you back on the show again at some point later on and we can talk and see, actually, see what kind of, kind of like how the landscape changes in the next you know, six to 12 months. I'm happy to share what I uncovered by then. Who knows? I might not, I might not be in Mexico during the time. I might be somewhere <laughs> in the world, but we'll see. We'll see what the market will bear. But Chiki, thank you so much for having me today. I hope that everyone is able to learn something and that if you have any questions for me or to GQ, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right. Well, Daniel, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a great pleasure catching up with you. Thanks, GQ. Bye. All right. Thanks a lot, Daniel. And thanks a lot for tuning in to the How We Solve podcast. 
Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.